Welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. This is another one of our review shows. I'm joined by the amazing uh, Gary Griffiths again. Um, this time it's a little bit of a sadder occasion than the first uh, game review we did. So uh, it's going to be a little bit different this one. So uh, welcome back to the show, Gary. Thank you for having me. I have my tiny violin on hand <laughs> for when it gets really sad. <laughs> yeah, Playing like Bra- Brazilian samba ballads. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm definitely going to cry. So, you know, like obviously we lost the auto, but I, I thought before we got into the, the game itself, with like the big talking point of the whole of the game was um, the, the injury to uh, Joe Morelli. So um, I know you took a look back at it today and I got nobody really wants to look at it again because it wasn't it was off of you but like what what was your impressions of what happened and it's so nothing's coming out from the club about the extent of the injury so we're kind of all just guessing at this stage but what did what did you what do you gather from what you saw yeah i i've I've watched the game back a couple of times and i actually the first time skipped over the injury because i i don't like seeing stuff like that i'm glad when the TV companies cut away from it and don't show you it again. But I thought because we were going to be talking about it, we should probably have an idea what happened. And it looked like, so the ball comes at him in midair and he plants his left foot. And then as he plants his left foot, he tries to kind of twist to control it with his right foot. And you see the second he twists, he just crumples, his knee buckles and he falls over. And you see him like straight away saying to the ref, like it's gone, it's gone. Um, So, I'm no medical expert. I think every time a player hurts their knee seriously, you assume it's an ACL or something. Um, but who knows? Yeah, nothing's come out from the club. I assume they're still waiting for something definitive from the specialists. So, but yeah, it, it didn't look good. I didn't. I felt really bad for him. Yeah, man. I, I was the exact same. Like I, I watched the the game back today, and it was it, it was grim, grim viewing. But I, I think even like when. Uh, there's this thing, I think, and it seems to be like a CPL thing, that when a player goes down, they assume it's cramp, and the players go over and they start doing a twisty foot thing, yeah. and you can see Joe's like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah, like, no. don't, don't even attempt it. Like, you know, and then... I um, have one working leg, I will kick you in the head if you come near the other one. <laughs> fuck off. So, so, yeah, so I had a guy, um, and, and the way he was, like, lying perfectly still, too, was a really bad sign, and then... But once mm. nobody wants to see the stretcher come on like that, and it, it was grim. And I mean, football's secondary to somebody's health and, and stuff like that. So, you know, obviously, we're selfish football fans and we, we, we kind of think of the consequences of what's going to be for the team. But I mean, we first and foremost, we wish him a speedy recovery from whatever it is. And you know, we'll, we'll still be waiting for him when he gets back. But I, I yeah, yeah. Massively, yeah. Can't wait to see him back smashing in a hat trick at the grounds. Um, hopefully before too long. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it might be a long layoff though, and uh, you know, um, hopefully we we learn a bit more in the coming days of what the extent of it was. So I like so just looking back to the game itself, like it was it was an odd game. It was a typical one. It just felt like last season, you know. It was it was so odd. But think of the starting lineup before we move on. No, not too many massive surprises with the starting lineup. I, I, I must admit, I thought he was going to bring Charla back in just to deal with Shaw and Wright, who are both really, really big centre forwards. But um, no, no, no drama there. Like Restrepo and Santos were great against York, and I thought they were great again, to be honest. So um, yeah, I don't think there's any drama there. The only other change was Salter coming in for Marshall. Was it? Was this? Was there another one? Or yeah, the, was it, da- wasn't it? The Daniels was Daniels on Lamont. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. so um, I mean, Salter. I, I I guess Lamoth coming in was in force because Daniels picked up an injury in training. They said Salter coming in on the left. I was quite quite surprised about. I I didn't think Marshall was particularly good last week against York, but equally, I I'm still not convinced that Salter's a left winger. Um, I feel like if you're playing as a wide forward, you have to ask questions of the right back. So if the right back's coming up against someone fast, they're always thinking, oh, I can't get too tight. He might spin me and run into the space behind me. With Salter, as a physical profile, he's much more of a centre forward. So I think when you stick him on the left, there's the right back knows exactly what he has to do to have a good day. He needs to like go touch tight with Salter. He's, he's not worried about him running in behind because he knows he'll probably beat him in a foot race. So all he has to do is touch tight, squeeze, squeeze the, squeeze the defense up, which makes it really congested in the middle. And yeah, he's going to have quite a, quite an easy day against him. Um, in fairness, in the second half, Salter was playing a lot more narrow um, along with Ben, who was playing quite narrow, but but yeah, I, I don't love him as a left back. As sorry, as a left forward, to be honest, I think he's much more of a centre forward. So, what what would you think of uh, you know, like like to me, like like Tabby is not just um, a full back or or wing back. Like I think he's like fast enough to to be a winger. Like why he would not try to have like maybe Gander in that left back and then have Tabby kind of playing the wing position because at least he's got the pace and the speed to, as you said, like cause some trouble. I just think like after this is the thing that always puzzles me with Stephen Hart. Like he tried this last week against York and it did not work. Like Salter was awful. Like when he's playing up the left wing and I don't mean this is no, nothing mean about him. It's not his position. Like we all, we even mentioned ourselves and like, why does he try to make it work? Like it's not going to work. He's not, He's not that player. Like I, I, and if Marshall's on the bench, why is he not playing? Like I, I hate this thing of like oh, he's carrying a knock. Well, if he's carrying a knock, then he should be on the bench. You know what I mean? Mm. If he's if he's fit enough to be on the bench, he's fit enough to play. That's the way I look at it. I'd rather get a decent 45, 50 minutes out of him than just for him to come on ten minutes and do fuck all. You know what I mean? Like it just uh, yeah. I, I, to be honest, I think like ostensibly, Soto was a left winger, but I, I, tactically he kept coming quite narrow. So, and I'm putting words in the coach's mouth here, but what I imagine the instructions were, were for Bent and um, Salter to tuck right in. So they were almost playing centrally, which would then allow Tabby and Fernandez to hit the wings. But in the first half, especially, it didn't work out like that. Um, Ottawa forced Salter to play quite wide. And again, that's not his game playing out wide. So it's hard to say whether it was, so kind of an error of the tactical instructions, whether Salter didn't quite play the role as he as he should have done, or something in between. To be honest, but 
But yeah, I, I would much rather see a much more natural winger playing out there, to be honest. Um, but yeah, other other than that, like Lamoth played quite well, I think, coming in for Daniels. That wasn't too much of a problem. Um, but but yeah, yes, I I, I would like to see Solar Central in future. It's his natural instinct to push in like that. You know what I mean? So like the, what you want from a traditional winger, he's not going to be, he's not going to do, you know what I mean? Because it's not... Like he he's never taught to play that way, and you're trying to like in the space of two weeks try and train this guy to to be a winger or something that he's not. So I just I just think it's an experiment that doesn't work, and I I don't think we needed to make that mistake again because he just looked lost. And I don't know how many times in the game they said that he's taking a heavy touch every time the ball went out to him. Like we like we were hitting an awful lot of. Uh, long balls into the wings to bent onto him, and every time the ball came near him, like he could, he couldn't control it. And I thought, like, I th- I thought a lot of our players had a poor first touch actually against Ottawa. I thought Tabby's first touch wasn't great. Um, ben, I think Ben played quite well, but every now and then his first touch wasn't quite there. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I did notice that as well. And even like the the amount of offsides too, like like it was pissing me off. And many times, like Corey Bent was like just. A ten seconds too quick to to make us run and get caught offside, and we were mm. being good, good positions. But like, I I don't mind that with Ben to be honest, though, because I I we need at least one player who is making them runs off the shoulder, and yeah, he is getting caught offside quite a lot against York. He was caught offside a lot as well, but at least we have a player who's playing with that intention to make those runs, and that can be that can be taught that can come with playing that advanced it will come with experience as well so i'd rather him getting caught offside a lot than no one running in behind so just to talk about the first half um i, I think we kind of started off in the same vein as what we did against york like we, i thought we controlled the ball quite well um we didn't give them too many chances they had a couple but it wasn't like too many clear quick chances i thought that we control the flow of the game very well but once again we came up against that and this is what I think we should talk about next is we come up against this thing where we can't create anything. <laughs> and it's like, I feel like we get to the, the final third of the pitch and we don't know what to do because everybody's all over the place because we're asking players like, like Salter to play in positions they're not used to, or we're asking them to come inside and we're, we don't have enough on the outside to, to cross the ball into the box or like, I don't like there was a, f- a few times that I, I saw like where like Corey Bent, like rather than trying to take on his man, kept trying to come inside to play a true ball to somebody. And it's like, like, why can't you go to the boy line? Why can't you like take your player on? And, you know, and then when he moves inside like that, then we're expecting Fernandez to run 60 yards to to take that position up. Like that's an awful lot to ask for, of a player yeah. throughout a whole game. And I just feel like we're, we were so narrow um, through most of the game. And I think, a lot of that came from the fact, correct me if I'm wrrong, but I thought that Rampersat, uh, JGL, and Lamont can't play together. I don't think they like like Rampersat sat back, and then like Jeremy and Pierre just literally played the same position. The two of them were eights; they were almost like tripping over each other. It was like little, like basically just planted in the middle, and there was nothing else. Like I, I just, I think that's why we ended up doing an awful lot of long balls to the wing because. We didn't have like like this, and I think that's where Joe probably would have played a little bit better if like because he would have been able to drop deep and get the ball from them. But I just I, yeah I, no yeah a couple of things in there like starting with the point about um, 
Jeremy Rampasad and Lamoth all playing together. I yeah, I I thought exactly the same thing actually. I think they all played well and individually they are all good players, very very good squad players, but as a as a three, I think you really saw how much we missed Daniels with them all together because they all want to do similar things. They all want to kind of take it in tight areas, play little one-twos to beat the press. Um, they want to pass through the lines rather than carry it through the lines. And just seeing Daniels last week was like just a shot in the arm of this player who's so direct as soon as he gets it, his head down, he wants to beat a man, he wants to break the lines that way. But with those three, they're all... They're all doing a similar thing and they're all doing it well. Like I, Again, I thought they all played well, but you're just you're just missing that variety when they're all together. I, I don't think it quite... It, saying it doesn't work is the wrong thing, but it doesn't give us... It doesn't give us kind of any attacking thrust from the centre of the pitch, which we need, especially like you said, where we're not really doing it on the wings as well. So, yeah, definitely. Um, in terms of chance creation, again, yeah, I do agree. I think... I think it's slightly overplayed when we, in the discourse around Wanderers that we don't create chances. Um, I, I was on the centre circle data today and in terms of open play chances, we're second in the league behind Pacific. So we have created chances, but then where that becomes a negative is we've got zero big chances created, which tells, and, and also kind of to further that, um, we have like the most touches of the ball for defenders, nearly the most for midfielders as well. So we're building really, really well and we're keeping the ball really, really well. But it just seems to break down when we get to the final ball. Um, so it's not, we are kind of creating chances, but we're not creating big chances because that final pass is not there or players are making the wrong decision once they get close to the 18-yard box. So <laughs> I kind of looked at, um, I, was, I was kind of watching this match back with that in mind and thinking, okay, like we don't create too much. Like let's interrogate that and try and figure out why we don't create too much. Um, so I just picked out three moments. So the first one was in the 36th minute and Morelli gets the ball around 25 yards out. And in front of him, he's got bent back and into a defender looking for a wall pass. He's got Salter about to run in off the shoulder. And on the right-hand side, he's got Fernandez, uh, Lamoth and JGL ready to create an overload. So he's got kind of three options there. Probably the best option is to try and create the overload on the right. But instead, he just shoots from 25 yards out. And it was just a, like, obviously, I don't really need to say this. We love Morelli. He's our best player by a million miles. But just in that moment, it was completely the wrong decision. And and you miss out on creating a really good chance. Um, the second one, Tabby in the 33rd minute, the ball comes out to him out wide. He's got a cut back to Morelli on. He's got a ball across the six-yard box to Bent on, but he just spoons it and it goes out for a goal kick. I actually had, and, that, I actually had that wrote down myself. That cross was yeah. disgraceful. <laughs> and, exactly. I, and, and he's a young guy and he's his first season, da 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 But, you know, you're still a professional footballer and you should be able to do a cutback or a simple cross. Like, I... I I don't know what happened. What, what, what was going through his head of what he was trying to achieve with that cross? I think I think it was just Russia blood. I think he's looked quite. I, again, I think he. I really think he's going to be a good player for us. But I think he's looked a little bit nervous, and he had. A, he just got a bit of a nosebleed being that high up the pitch. And <laughs> oh, what like what do I do in this moment? Um, and Morelli looked a bit pissed off when that happened as well. Yeah. But you see him kind of turn around like. Um, so yeah, it's just it's these moments where it's like poor decision making and individual error we're really good at going from Oxner to the 18 yard box and building that way. Like we look really well coached in pattern play and like players knowing their positions. But as soon as it comes to that final ball, 
it seems to just collapse a little bit. And that's that's the issue. That's why we're not scoring more. You said you had a third one there. Sorry. I, I yeah, sorry. And it was, it, yeah, it was a salter chance in the 51st minute where, yeah, to be fair to him, he made quite a good out-to-in run. Uh, JGL picked him out and he just, again, his first touch isn't great and he just finds himself almost eye-to-eye with the goalkeeper when and when you're that close, you've not really got any net to aim for. Um, so again, just individually not quite being on it. Um, and also Morelli had an open goal if you cut it back to him as well in that moment. So yeah, it's, it's just a mixture of individual errors, poor decision-making, but it's, it's I don't blame the system. I don't blame the coaching for that. That's, that's on individuals having to be better and having to raise their level for us to score more a little bit different i think it's i think some of it does come from coaching and and i think it's the way that stephen hart has always kind of set his teams up that like it's almost like defense first and then everything else is second so like he, he, he with most of the away games it feels to me that he's happy with the point so whenever we play away it's like our system set up that like we're not going to concede or like you know we're not going to concede many goals and it's kind of like the attacking part of it is secondary to to that um i like after the game he was like making a lot of that salter chance but like it was a half chance like I, like as you said like like the way the, the way that he was talking about it was like the greatest chance that the wonders have ever had and it was like you know like salter's first touch that he like he was right in on top of ingham like, and they're in the commentary they're saying it was a great save by nate ingham but he didn't really have to do much because like salt he's right in on top of Salter in the first place. Right. So, mm. um, as you said, had Salter been a little bit more savvy and a little bit more aware of what was around them, like he could have just laid it off to Morelli and we're, it's a different game, but like, I, I, I tried to look back, uh, and I, I, I tried to like look at it as well. And there was a couple of times when Morelli was like, just trying to take chances, like from 25, 30 yards out and like, you're good. Well, you're not that good. And uh, I, you- I feel like that was uh, that must have been a tactical instruction because it happens. I think four, three or four times he took really long pops, like really long shots. They must have said like Ingham is not great on long shots or something because, or Morelli decided that himself because yeah, it was a pattern <laughs> and he doesn't normally do that. Maybe one every two, two or three games he'll try. But yeah, I thought that was very strange. Like there was like the, I think it was one in the first half where um, he kind of um, he had like. Ingham scrambling I think uh, like but then the rest of them were just like easy catches for him and as you mm. said like I mean like with that one there where we had the overload and like that must be frustrating for those guys too that they, you make the run and then you know somebody takes a pot shot that's like probably not going to go in unless it's a worldie right so yeah well it, yeah. it just it just feels that when we get to that final third like nobody knows exactly where they're supposed to be because they're all being asked to do different things so you know like like when Morelli drops deep like Bent and Salter are being asked to come inside and be the the target person, and then I, I just like there's a lot of confusion about what is expected from the players, and I think um, a lot of times I, like I saw Corey Bent come inside, and we literally had no width whatsoever. It was like literally like we we're all. It was like you know when you see kids who are like five or six trying to play football and they all run <laughs> towards the ball. Them. It was exactly yeah. like it was kind of like that, and I was like I was just this is where our issue is, and we don't we don't have that player like apart from Morelli that can split open a defense or and I think if if you can't split a defense open that way you have to go through the channels um mm. it's just it's interesting you saying that um because that is something I want to talk about because I think so maybe we'll get to this later but just to bring it up now um 
when we start talking about the solutions to what we do if Morelli is out for the season, I have a feeling you and I are going to come at it from completely different angles, actually. Because <laughs> um, am I right in thinking you're going to want like kind of a four-three-three with a proper number nine in the center? I like. I would love to. I would love for us to try and have two forwards. Like rather, like I'd rather like, like four-four-two. Yeah, two, yeah. I'd like like I'm not that I'm old-fashioned or whatever. I just think it's something that we barely try, and I think that having like somebody with a strike partner like if you have Salter and Ben playing together to say to them you're playing in the middle I, th- I think a lot of those chances that we talked about like the last time and it happened with this game too that whenever a ball came into the box like nobody's making the run to the f- to the front post because they're not being told to play in that position they're being told to like play your right wing or your left wing you know what I mean whereas like mm. I think if Salter is playing through the center or Corey Bent is they're making that run to the front to, to the to, they have time to make that run to the front post and I think it really shows when we do get in behind, like how like little opportunity there is for people to to be picked out because there's nobody making the runs that you'd expect of a striker. You know what I mean? Does that make yeah. sense? No, I know, hundred percent, hundred percent. And we did in 2019. We played with two up front quite a lot, and but didn't yeah didn't score too many. But yeah. I, I do know what you mean. It is quite frustrating because I think Morelli naturally makes a secondary run. He doesn't want to be the first person arriving in the box. So then it's on whoever's right wing and whoever's left wing to do that instead. You, we might as well talk about it now. But so what? What would you? What, what sort of system would would you like us to, to to do now? Considering that probably jails out for the season or for most of probably. I actually I really like the whole false nine thing to be honest, and I didn't think I would. Um, I like how fluid the front three are. Like I know we've been saying that they're not really arriving in the right places, but I think that's more to do with just getting used to this new role. Because like we we were kind of chatting when we were both watching it again yesterday, weren't we? About how one minute Salt was a left winger, then he's a centre forward, then Bent's a centre forward, and Merrelli's playing on the right. So that front three are designed to be really really fluid and changing positions a lot and. I quite like that. I, it hasn't worked perfectly yet, but I like it in theory. And where my mind has gone since Morelli got injured is not to a change of system. It's to who can actually do that false nine role instead of him. And I like for me, it's Bent or Daniels. I'd like to see both of them given a given a go doing that because I don't see. Again, I don't, I don't want to sound like we're shitting on Salter because I like Salter. I think he's a good player at what he is, which is a squad player. Um, but I, I don't think... I, I think he's a bit too static to be our starting centre-forward. I think he's more of an impact player last 20 minutes. Whereas if you have someone like Bent or Daniels there, I feel like they will interchange with the right and left winger as well. Um, and I, I like to think once that all actually properly clicks, it's going to work really well. I, I think that's... Dorado's like I think that kind of Spanishy sort of we don't really have to play with a proper striker like we can create chances in other ways is very in vogue at the moment and yeah we we got a former Real Madrid youth coach so of course we're going to give that a go so yeah I would like to see same system but working a bit better with Bent or Daniels as that focal point so, like, so can you see can you see Daniels like kind of playing the same way is he the same sort of player like the way that like Joe is like you know like like Joe's probably like He's the focal point going forward, but then he's going to drop deep and then he's going to make the runs. But like, so do you see Daniels being able to replicate that? Or do you think that they might have to change it slightly to suit Daniel's style of play? 
I don't know, but I'd like to see is probably the the most truthful answer I can give. It's something I'd like to see. It might look terrible. There's a good chance it will look terrible, but it's worth it's worth a look. I think physically he can do it. He, I think he's a really intelligent player, so he can do it from that sense. I don't think he's ever played there before, so it would be a massive risk. But yeah, him or Ben, I'd just like to see a couple of games. If it doesn't work, fine. Change the system. I'm just I'm just conscious of the fact that that's probably been a system we've been working on since February in preseason, and to throw it all out because the most important player in that system is injured seems like giving up on it a bit too easily because they obviously believe in it. They obviously think it will work eventually. So I got and I thought we'd be a lot more negative than what we've been like just like with the way that the kind of season started. Obviously, we got the win away, but like you know both both games like. Like we haven't created much. Like we have one goal from a penalty. Like so, we haven't scored from open play, and it it just it just feels so day de- like so much like deja vu of <laughs> how the last season went. And it's like I I I, I have to believe like I mean it's been four seasons of us pretty much being the the lowest scorers apart from twenty twenty, which is an anomaly. Like it's just the way Stephen Hart plays the game and the way he sees it, and. Uh, I think eventually, like, I mean, I went through, like, back through Twitter today just to see Derek Martin's, like, what he was saying after last season. And it's like, like, it's time to bring a trophy home. It's like, uh, like we set um, a new uh, record for fans. And it's like, we need to do what needs to be done to improve and challenge for a championship. And I'm looking at this team now and the way we're playing and the way we're set up. And I know we've been away from home and it's going to be different when we play at the grounds. Like, I don't think this team is capable of of winning the championship. I, I really don't. And I, I hate being a negative Nelly, and I'm sure people will hate me for it. And they'll be on the Discord saying I'm, a, I'm an asshole. But I, I think sometimes we need to be a little bit re- realistic. Uh, and, and, like, I don't know we've done enough in the offseason, especially compared to what the other teams have done, to, to strengthen our squad. Like, I, I think, you know, we obviously haven't, we haven't seen Mo Omar yet, so he could be the game changer. So let's hope that he is. But I just don't think that we have from the players we kept and the players we brought in we have enough about us um especially having watched the games on the weekend like that came after like the the forge calvary game and pacific and valor like i, I just I, I honestly think we're miles away but i'm i'm i could be just being pessimistic am i being pe- am i being too much of a pessimist <laughs> no I, I think i think i'm probably optimistic to a fault and I think that's probably quite annoying for people as well but um I don't know I always just try to see the silver lining and stuff and yeah my kind of rebuttal to that would be we're third in the league we're one of only three teams to win a game this season second most chances created in open play we've got the best expected goals against record in the league so our defense is really good um and I like I really I really I do understand but I really think the Ottawa performance was basically the same as the York performance, but because we won one game and we lost the other one, we kind of emotionally react to the game depending on the result, don't we? And we see it through that frame. Um, But I don't think we were that bad against Ottawa. And I was going to say, yeah, I think we've played, we've played two away games against teams who are going to be competing with us for um, that fourth spot. And I think like you are, you are right. Cavalry Pacific and Forge uh, a few steps ahead of anyone else in the league without a doubt. Um, so it, if we win a couple against them teams around us away, if we lose a couple, again, no drama for me. I, I, I wanted four points from these first three games. Realistically, I think it's going to be three points, to be honest, because I don't think we'll get anything against Pacific because 
yeah, they're a level above us, and that's that's completely so, understandable. Like like when I coming off the back of the York game, like I was a little bit more pessimistic than you uh, again, and I think that's just my. Nature. I think that's just our personality. I, I, I think I think like, it's an I think it's an Irish thing. We just like this is the worst <laughs> and everything. Uh, but, but like, I, <laughs> I just I just I just thought it was like you know it, it was slightly better than what we did last year, and it just felt like it was. With the same issues were there, and it, it just doesn't look like it's been addressed. And that mm. was the whole point of the all these wonders Wednesdays and everybody getting hyped up about them. And it was because Derek had came out and said that it's going to be different. And it just to me, it just feels like it's the same. And mm. I know it's going to be different when we get home because obviously the crowd is a huge, but that's always been the case. Um, so I'm just obviously it's only two games in, so I, like I should. To take a row back in a little bit and just be a, a, a little bit, a little bit uh, more optimistic. But I'm just, I guess, I'm just preparing myself for another summer at the grounds of just like, oh fucking Jesus, I'm gonna end up just getting hammered because this <laughs> game is boring, you know. Um, so, so one thing I did want to, I did want to ask you. Um, uh, some people were um, kind of blaming Christian Oxner somehow for the the Ottawa goal, which I I don't understand whatsoever how Oxner was to play for that goal. He, he was definitely not to play so, for that goal. <laughs> so, you know, I know that you studied it yourself earlier on. So what where, what did you think caused it and who was at fault if there was somebody at fault? Yeah, we, we were chatting earlier about this, weren't we? I think we lost the midfield battle. There were some really poor challenges to lose the midfield battle. And then just as the Ottawa player is about to cross it, um, they've kind of overloaded us at the back post. So there's, there's Restrepo and Fernandez isolated against three Ottawa players, one of which is Shaw, um, who's bigger than both of them. And just trying to work out why that happened. And I think, so Santos should have really took a step back and taken the guy Restrepo was on. Restrepo should have moved over onto the spare man. Fernandez already had a man. If that happens, no danger, we clear it. But I think there was a runner running into Tabby's channel and Santos, just from some of his body language, and this is a good that he's doing this, but I think he's really trying to take care of Tabby out there. He's trying to protect him a lot. So Santos kind of steps into Tabby's lane to try and take the guy who's making the run there, which leaves three on two on the back post. So what probably should have happened is Rampasad or Jeremy track the midfield runner. So Santos doesn't need to worry about it. They they go and help Tabby. Santos steps across, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We don't concede that goal. But yeah, you know football. It all happens so fast, making those decisions so quickly. And yeah, it what there was it, but it definitely wasn't Oxen's fault. Definitely uh, not. I, I I honestly that like some people were some people were saying he should have come out to to get it, which it was like right at the edge of the box. Like how the hell would he yeah. got there? And then they were saying like he should have died. Like he was rooted to the spot. But I mean, like, like nobody would have got that. Like I, I don't understand like what what they wanted from him. But I, I think like I, I kind of like looked at it earlier on myself, and it all came from we had the ball out on the right hand side. They got like a lucky kind of break, and then Tissot, who was like well in his thirties, his his legs are like his knees are fucked and he somehow <laughs> managed to to do a messy and ran past three of our players and i'm, I'm sometimes from the right like the right keen school of thinking that like rampersat as tiso was coming across kind of like went to like challenge him and i think he kind of saw he was going to foul him and kind of like didn't go full blooded in take the yellow card <laughs> you mm. know what i mean like like just just stop it down his tracks and i think had he done that and i'm not blaming him from the goal like no matter what like but i'm just saying like had he stopped them at that stage 
the goal doesn't happen because we go back to free kick and we can kind of organize it a little bit better. But then Tisola came across and he gets past Jeremy as well. And then nobody sees the run on the right-hand side. So, like, I don't know who it was, whether it was Tabby or whoever, was so slow to get out to the guy who was going to cross the ball eventually. Like, he literally had an hour to cross that ball and make it make it a good one. So I, I think there was not, like, and that's why you saw, I think, Ramersat and, and Jeremy trying to get over there really quickly to try and close it down. Um, and I, I just think that had we been a little bit more aware and saw that run, like, he's not making, he's not going to have the time to, pick out a great cross like that and, and it's not taking away it's I'm not trying to take away from a great Ottawa goal it was fantastic and mm. like you know, he finished it so well and it was a really good goal and it was a goal good enough to to win any game I think but I just thought that there was like and that's as you said that's, that's football like it happens really quickly but it's always like usually a collection of collective of errors little errors along the way yeah exactly like Tiso beating three players is <laughs> insane I just I, like I watched it back today and I was like holy because I, I didn't notice it when I watched mm. it the first time I was like, fucking hell, like, how if he let him do that? You know what I mean? So um... that's that's another thing without with those three centre midfielders who, again, I thought all did well individually, but none of them are particularly athletic. So you can, if you've got a sprinter in central midfield, you you know you can beat all of them in a foot race, no problem, yeah. and you can dribble past them. So we have to set up in a really intelligent way positionally to stop that from happening. But late in a game, kind of everyone's a bit tired. It's something that can happen. You can get dribbled past. So yeah, you're completely right. Collection of errors. No one was massively at fault. It was just a lot of little things went wrong. And and it was a, it was an amazing ball. Like oh, that, the cross with, with, within an inch, that was the only place that cross could have gone where it results in a goal. And it, he got up really well and like to get in the middle of like, the two defenders like that was yeah it was like classic he, classic center forward play like you know so. he was he was the player i wanted to sign most in the off season actually where because at the like i think i've written about it but at the beginning of the off season i was same as you i was like we need another striker and i i wanted ongaro or or malcolm shaw those were the two i wanted so um, I, think, I, I think you're right i think it just gives us like something different like like you know especially like i kind of mentioned it earlier on that like you know like the last like when when they scored, like we didn't offer much, and I know that like uh, you said too, like that the the Joe injury probably like put them on the back foot, and their head was elsewhere. But we mm. like, we didn't like, like do you know like when you see a game and it's like that like you're a goal behind and it's the last couple of minutes and you're just pumping balls into the box and you're putting tons of pressure on and you're hoping that something happens. Like we didn't do that. Like I I just thought like we just sat back and we were just kind of like look lethargic and we just like i don't know it just it, it just you not- say that that's something i've noticed like cpl wide and you saying that it's like something i've thought about but never actually spoken out loud about like is that just a top level football thing where when a team's behind for the last 10 minutes it's just like peppering the goal with crosses the other team sits really deep you see it in every single premier league game or top level game when a team's behind that happens don't you but you rarely see it in the cpl and i I don't know if it's like a level of the players thing or i don't know what it is but even like the york game last week like other than a little 10 minute spell they didn't really do that to us either did they i I think it's it's like weird i I don't i don't even know it was like a a top tier thing i think it's like more like like it doesn't take much for anybody to be able to like put your biggest players in the box and just like be able to pump ball, you know what I mean? And just like we we put Charlotte up front a lot, don't we? Yeah, exactly. Like 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 stuff like that. Like and you know, like I I hate like picking players out and like 
being like mean about it. But I mean, a lot of people are kind of critical of Peter sometimes with his long his long balls, like the passes that he does. But there was one, there was actually one there, like when he had the ball, nobody around them, and he just literally just kicked it straight to Ottawa, and they were able to kind of push back down the field. So, uh, like sometimes I think that, like we need to like be a little bit cleverer or more precise with what we're trying to do. But I, I definitely don't think that's a top tier thing because you see it all the time. And like you know, if you ever watch like any kind of Sunday league football stuff on youtube it's the same thing it's like all you're doing mm. is just pumping the ball into the box of the big man and hoping something happens but we just never see yeah exactly but we never <laughs> seem to want to do like we just never seem to want to do and i think you know like i'd rather like i'd rather lose two nil than like not try you know what i mean like that's just kind mm. of the way i look at it but um what, yeah, minute, so, what minute did they score him was it like the like the 81st yeah so i mean like, we had like a good like mm. even before Joe got injured, we still had like, like, like seven, eight minutes. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't seem to do much. And uh, and that was another thing. Like, like Joe was like, I think they had a corner just beforehand and he's back trying to mark somebody. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck are you doing back there? Like you're, you're, you're supposed to be like our main forward trick. Get the fuck out of there. Like move. <laughs> you know I think I mean? he get he gets frustrated when he can't, when the ball's not coming to him, he'll go looking for the ball. Won't he? I think that's what happened there. And, and I think that's, that's part of, the, the issue sometimes I, I think I brought it up like last week, like how deep he drops and like we're hoping and praying that somebody has the weather all to fill in the gap where he's left. And like, I don't, sometimes we don't. So I don't mm. know. It's going to be interesting to see what Stephen Hart does. Like I like we're away from home. So he's not, he's not traditionally a, uh, a manager who tries to do anything out of the ordinary away from home. So I, I just, you know, I haven't watched the, uh, did you watch the Pacific game yesterday? Yeah, they're 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 very good. What, what, what <laughs> I think they're playing against ten men, ten men. But <laughs> what are you expecting from the the game next week? Um, I was chatting to people today about this. I I think he'll. I don't think he'll risk just having Rampy as a number six. I think Bustos is far too dangerous cutting into that space in front of the defenders to only have one player cover in there. Um, so I think he'll play probably Jeremy and Rampy both as sixes and just to really, really protect, protect Abby. Um, and probably Dan, if Daniels is fit anyway, Daniels is kind of a 10, like linking up with the forwards. Um, other than that, I don't see too many changes. I think Restrepo and Santos have been good. Fernandez has been fantastic. Um, obviously I'd like to see Marshall come back in. Maybe, maybe to be honest, switch Marshall and bent over give, because I think Marshall's much better playing from the right, cutting inside. So I'd like to see that. Um, ben, ben can play any of them three positions across the, the front line. So, you know, it's, it's, I think it's really interesting at the moment because it's a bit of a sliding doors moment for, for the players right now because I don't want them to be wallowing about their mate, Yoao, getting injured. Obviously, you feel for your friend, etc. but football careers are really, really short and you don't get that many opportunities. And a window of opportunity is 100% open for any of those attackers now to be this team's talisman to be the main guy for, for our attack. Um, they've kind of always been playing in a system which is built around getting the best out of Morelli, but now the system can become something which is more about the collective and it's completely up for grabs for Bent, for Marshall, for Salter, for Akeem, any of them to go, this is my team now. And that's what I'll be saying to them in the dressing room. Like you can make your career if these six months, nine months, however long Morelli's out, you can make your career in these next six months by playing very, very well and having the character, having the ego, the confidence to actually 
go, right, this is my team now. I'm the main guy. Stephen, you're going to stick me a centre forward and I'm going to bang him in at the same rate Morelli's <laughs> been doing. And like, I could get a move to MLS off the back of this or to a good USL side. So I hope that's the message. And I'm looking forward to seeing if any of them have that kind of, what, like, Get up and the go. bollocks to do that, yeah. <laughs> bollocks is a much better word, man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I, 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 I totally agree with you. Like that, uh, it's definitely somebody's chance to like step into the limelight and uh, and do the business. And I, I think it's also hopefully like they sit down as a squad and realize that they all need to start chipping in because this is the worst case scenario of what everybody talked about in the off season is that if we take Morelli out of his team, where do the goals come from? Like I mean, like it was so bad last year. The, the the goals that we scored outside of him, like I mean, like Akeem with two and Salter with three and all that kind of stuff. Like we need, we need these guys to know, like there's no excuses. They need to step up to the plate, and I hate mm. using that phrase, but they need to, and they need to like put it out there. And like even if it doesn't need to take somebody like taking his place and scoring 15 goals, but it'd be nice if somebody stepped in and scored three or four goals, and somebody else scored three or four goals, just to kind of because you made the point before that a lot of teams like last year, like it wasn't just one person scoring all the goals. The goals are coming from everywhere, but we mm. were the only kind of one that was dependent on one player. And now worst case scenario, like we're, we're, he's gone. Like, you know, and it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we've, we've been saying since the off season, like everyone needs to start pitching in more with goals. Well, tough shit. Like the guy that scores all the goals is injured now. So it's completely on you guys, the rest of the attack to start hitting some numbers close to that. Like no, that that has to happen now, otherwise the season's not going to go well. Um, so it's on them, yeah. I hope, and I hope, I, I have a sneaky feeling Corey Bent's going to step up. I, I don't know why. I just feel like he's going to, he's got the personality for it to go. Okay, I'm the man now. I think, uh, like, like me, uh, like when, when Akeem gets back, I think uh, haven't seen him a couple of times. Like, uh, like he looks, and I mentioned this the last time. He looks way fitter this year, um, and hopefully he's a lot more focused. Because theoretically, he's the guy that should be able to do it. You know what I mean? Like a, a fit, Akeem Garcia is probably our best goal scorer and try outside of Joe Morelli. So, like, like you know, the pressure's on him again because obviously he was under a lot of pressure last year because he was expected to bang in the goals again. It didn't happen for him. So, you know, he's going to yeah. have to ride that pressure again. But hopefully this time he comes up trumps for us because, you know, I, I as I said, like I just can't go through another summer gone to the grounds and just watching one nil or losing one nil games. Like I want, mm. I want to be entertained, you know, and that's the thing. Believe right? mate, believe. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing. Like I'd rather us, like, I, I don't care if we finish like fourth or fifth and we, we score a ton of goals. Like at this stage, I don't give a shit about championships. I just want to be able to watch the games and enjoy them and not just sit there and go, oh, fuck it, Jesus. Uh, so, so uh, that, just to- that is, that is a hundred percent the Irish in you, isn't it? <laughs> So, <laughs> so, so to finish up, uh, we like although it was a, a defeat. Uh, I need to get your 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 man the match. So, uh, who who did you go for and why? Um, so I've been going back and forth on J, JGL and Fernandez all day. Actually, I thought JGL was really good, controlled the midfield pretty well, um, really high pass percentage completion rate, which is kind of his jam. But I think I'm going to give it to Fernandez actually, because, and maybe this is a bit of a carryover from last week because I thought he was excellent against York, but I thought Rampersad was better. Um, and I thought he kind of, he kept his level against Ottawa. The biggest compliment you could give him is after a week of being scouted, none of what Ottawa did came down his side. 
they've so they've identified him as someone who's really really good defensively and like let's not even bother trying to go down his side because he'll probably he'll probably win his battles um again very good going forward as well he always offers us width he's always an option on the overlap even if this week his teammates weren't finding him quite as well but um yeah I, I really like our defensive unit at the moment I think we're looking extremely secure and he's a huge part of that so yeah Fernandez for me how about you nice uh I, I totally agree with you I think uh, he was uh, he was really good again and he just he just looks like he belongs in the league you know he just doesn't 21. panic yeah it's, it's 21 insane. years old it's, um, it's unbelievable that he's never played professionally well, yeah. apart from a Canadian Championship game, but he's it's duck taken to it like a duck to water, hasn't he? He's been he's been phenomenal, and, and, and that's like where you know, like obviously the scouting system worked. You know, like they obviously like saw him from the game like last year, and we're like, okay, we need to uh, we need we need to get 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 him get him to Halifax. I mean, me, I, I, I this was kind of like the same like last week. I think he had an amazing game, and I think he played really well. Uh, like Restrepo for me, I think he was. Um, I. I I was thinking again because I think Santos didn't really put a foot wrong either. I think he had another really solid game. Um, he, you know, he, he was covering the ground really well. He was like, um, uh, his his passing was really really good. But I just thought that Restrepo probably just overshone him and uh, played like, like as you said, I think our defense looks really good this year. And the fact that these two are keeping Peter Shala out of the squad mm-hmm. or out of the team shows you how well they're playing and how much of a, how they've clicked so quickly. Like, because like, you know, Restrepo was injured for like a lot of the, like last season and like Santos was being played all over the place, like left back, center for uh, center back and stuff like that. So the fact that they, and he didn't have much of a, um, a preseason, they just clicked. It's like they've been playing together for years. So, um, but hopefully, I hopefully Restrepo is not injured. He- I know, and I didn't even want to bring that up because, mm. like, that that's the thing. And obviously, Peter will come in, and I, I think Peter does give us an awful lot too. But when you're looking at the the pace and the power of Pacific, you, it's Restrepo and Santos that you want to have there. And that's no disrespect to Peter. I think we need to have some like people who are a little bit more like agile, and because they're not going to be pounding the box with crosses, are they? They're going to be like trying to get in yeah. behind us with pace the, the- and power. So. This, there's no problem with with Charlotte missing a couple of games. Like he he will play as many centre back minutes as Restrepo and as many as Santos without a doubt by the end of the season. I think we can like get a bit too fixated on the drama of match day yeah. starting elevens. Like he will play plenty of football this year. But I agree with you for this game especially. I, Restrepo has really good recovery pace, and we're going to need that against Pacific. Like no matter how good we are defensively, they're pretty fucking good in attack and they will yeah. create a lot of chances so we're going to need recovery pace we're going to need players who are switched on for 90 minutes and it's it's more of a Restrepo game in the same breath where I still kind of think against Ottawa it was more of a Charlotte game um, but the, the Pacific game is yeah really I, I, game. I, I was the same as you I was really surprised when he, when because I said it to you like last week I, I thought it'd be difficult for people to get in and you made a really good point about like the way that out of a play in the strikers that they have, like they're big guys, like and like it was made kind of more for Peter. But um, I I thought that apart from the goal, like Restrepo and Santos like handled that mm-hmm. really really well, and like they were actually pretty decent in the air too. So yeah, it's my Mateo. I think uh, he's kind of like an unsung hero an awful lot of times. Like he does his business, does it well, and uh, kind of just goes under the radar because it's kind of expected of him now. And I think sometimes you need to kind of uh, give somebody a show out for us. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens next week. Hopefully 
the news isn't as bad with Joe as what we're yeah what we're thinking. Crossed. But you know, like uh, I think we we do need to prepare ourselves for uh, some bad news. So um, yeah, I, I like if I'm if like I say if I'm in that dressing room, give the players a day to feel down about it, and then go right. You're a footballer. This is your career. Stop wallowing. Get, get like, this is it. what we need to do. Let's find a solution. Yeah. You, so instead uh, of fixating on the bad thing, fixate on finding a solution. I'm sure Stephen Hart has a million better things to do than to listen to us two talk shit. But <laughs> if he is listening, get Gary into the restroom, Stephen, and he'll uh, he'll g the lads up for you. <laughs> they, they they would look at me like I was a piece of shit on their shoe if I was in there. <laughs> like, who the fuck is this loser? <laughs> Boys, uh, you, should, you should do this and this. <laughs> Go out there and win it for Joe. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of that stuff. Oh, mate, I, I'm terrible with that sort of like earnest. Uh, I can't do earnest very well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah me either. I, I, I do yeah. that. So it's well, that's what Stephen gets paid the big books for. So yeah, man. So uh, I really appreciate you hanging out again. It's been it's been good. Cheers, mate. Uh, kind of uh, catch up again it's on the game. Therapy, um, isn't it? After we lose, it's, it's therapeutic. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, and, you know, I, I, I didn't drink. I, you know, I just kind of just was kind of nice just to talk out my problems. So thank you. Exactly. Yeah. If, if you're a psychologist, they pay like $200 an hour, man. So uh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for the free therapy. <laughs> thank you very much, Anthony. Appreciate right, it. I'll go to man. Talk soon. Bye. Cheers. Time to drink on both, get out! Out to